You're listening to On The Line, the interview podcast from entertainment.ie. Hey, how's it going? I'm Mike Sheridan, and this is my first interview for On The Line, um, which is the podcast series uh, where we chat to people over the phone uh, from abroad and stuff. So we've already had some cracking guests, and the last guest we had was Clive Owen. Brian spoke to Clive Owen. Um, this is my first uh, guest for On The Line uh, for this particular podcast, and it's, I'm not going to lie, um... I fangirl. I fangirl hard. Um, it's my third time speaking to Bill Burr. Uh, he is my favourite comedian. Um, I've, I've, as I mentioned, as you'll hear me uh, mention, um, I saw him like nine, ten years ago for the first time. And he's coming back to Dublin on June 5th and he's playing Tree Arena, which is insane for a comedian. There's very few comedians that get to play uh, rooms that big. Um, you have to go like Amy Schumer, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. It's a big, big deal for a comedian to play a venue of that size. Um, and he's a brilliant, brilliant comedian. It's my third time speaking to him. Um, and he's always, if you listen to his podcast, there's a podcast called The Monday Morning Podcast, where he, he literally records it at home. And it's him and a mic. And that kind of sounds indulgent when comedians do that to start a podcast or start like I'm doing now where you just like talk for five minutes or whatever at the start of something it can be quite indulgent it's actually hilarious because he's a very very funny man so in this part in this podcast he talks about F is for Family a show he created for Netflix uh, that does really well apparently it's one of the most popular shows on Netflix if independent data is to be re- is to be uh, believed he talked about his new movie with Hugh Jackman and Jason Reitman um, he was in Breaking Bad Billboard he acts a bit as well um, and uh, just about his career and you know when he first landed in Hollywood he did this I stumbled across on YouTube this kind of friends light show uh, called Townies with Ron Livingston and Lauren Graham uh, which Ron Livingston was just hot off uh, swingers at the time and he got to make like 9 or 10 episodes of it so I think he was credited as William Burr or something like that but uh, he's a very very funny man I urge you to look up his comedy there's plenty of it on YouTube uh, plenty of little bits and stuff like that on YouTube and if uh, you enjoy the podcast uh, like and subscribe if you enjoy Bill Burr buy a ticket to see him on June 5th in Tree Arena and subscribe to his podcast as well sure why not not that he needs to help the Monday Morning Podcast <laughs> Hey, Mike. hey Bill, how are you? I'm doing great, how are I'm you? I'm good, it's good to talk to you again, I've chatted to you a couple of times before. Oh yeah, 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 alright, well nice to be back. Um, okay, uh, I have to say Bill, I've, I've been at every one of your uh, Dublin gigs so far, um, and you've gone from the Sugar Club to Vicar Street to the Vaudevon Comedy Festival, and, and now you're playing Tree Arena, which is the, the biggest venue, uh, I suppose, for a stand-up. The Sugar Club, you have known me for a I while. I have, I have. I tell you I tell you something, the guy you're going to talk to next, or maybe after me, who's, is who got me into you, like nine or ten years ago, Derek Wilty. So, um, I've, been there, I've been there since early on, but now you're going to play Tree Arena. So, are you like the template for you know, U.S. comedians or Canadian comedians to follow uh, to to build that audience in Europe, do you think? Uh, no, I don't think I'm that. I, I I don't know what the hell I am. I'm just some idiot that tells jokes and somehow uh, you know people are starting to respond to it. You know, I'm a 26 year old overnight success. <laughs> uh, sp- actually, speaking of which, I was I was um I stumbled across a I don't know if it was a pilot or it was a short lived series that you did uh, with Ron Livingston. Uh, called Townies from the from the mid nineties. 
Oh yeah. Uh, do, do you remember? Oh yeah, that was that was my my first gig. Yeah, first acting gig. For, first gig. Do you remember anything about that? It looked like it was kind of in the around the time of Friends and a lot of those kind of sitcoms. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be like a blue collar Friends. It was uh, Linwood Boomer, Harvey Myman. I'm trying to remember the guys that were behind that. Uh, and they. Uh, you know, it was, I mean, it was a great time. I mean, Jesus, God knows I needed the money. So, you know, I, I had a lot of fun on that show. And unfortunately, you know, it only went, but it was really fortunate. Even though we only did like nine episodes or 10 episodes, it was good experience. And it definitely gave me a little nest egg for me to live off of because it kind of was lean for the next, you know, decade after. I can tell those guys I got that gig early in my career and then like, Nothing happened for a while after that, you know. So when you get when you get a gig like that, when you I suppose soon enough when you first got into LA, do you think, okay, this is it now, I've made it, or in the back of your head are you going, this this could go any day? I was actually thinking, I was nervous that I got it too soon because I was worried that I wasn't going to have time to develop as a comedian because that's definitely something that was important to me. First and foremost was being a stand-up comedian, and it still is. And um, I was worried. I was actually, in a, in a weird way, worried that the show was going to work and I was going to be on it for five years, which when, you know, now five years seems like nothing at my age. But when I was like 28, when I got that five years, was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be 33 when this is over. Like that just seemed like, you know, a life, you know, like my whole stand up life was going to pass, pass me by, you know, which is, of course, all stupid, you know. I should have wished that it, it made a hundred episodes. I would be getting residual money and I could have easily <laughs> continued on as a comedian. But like, um, you know, I was young and stupid. Now, obviously I want to get into the stand-up stuff as well, but uh, it's kind of come full circle a little bit because you just did a movie with Jason Reitman uh, and Ron Livingston co-stars with Charlie Theron in, in his new movie. And um, what was the experience like of, of doing that Jason Reitman movie? The front runner, isn't it? Oh, that was amazing. It was, that, yeah, that was amazing. Just to, just, uh just the way they shot it. I mean, I only, I mean, I haven't seen a cut of it yet, but just looking at some of the dailies of just the way that they, uh, you know, they, it's definitely the best looking movie I've ever been in already. Just looking at the, uh, the dailies and then, and then Hugh Jackman, well, it was one of the most amazing, you know, actors I ever got to work with, you know, cause he's such a sweetheart of a guy and he's playing a guy that's, you know, a nice guy. But at one point, we, like, irritate him, and his character got angry, and, like, for, like, an instant, he turned into Wolverine. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, there it is. There's Wolverine. So it was really cool. Um, and he's a, really, he's a big guy, yeah. too. I mean, he's, like, 6'4". Um, so when he, you know, when he's playing a character that's upset with you in a scene, it's, it's, it's not hard to be in the scene there. Because, you know, you're really sitting there like, oh, my God, is this guy going to kick the shit out of me? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, obviously you said it's been it's been like 26 years, been an overnight success. So, uh, and I always look at guys like Brian Cranston and how they handle fame and how they handle uh, that level of attention and as kind of a, a pointer, I suppose, and how graceful they handle it. How are you finding being recognized more? Like 10, 15 years ago, you had you had your cold following now. It's oh, I'm an egomaniac now. <laughs> I'm an egomaniac. People aren't allowed to make eye contact with me. Now, you know, I actually, I have a very cool level of being known. Like I can sell some tickets, but I can also walk down the street, which is perfect. And I don't really have a desire to get any more known 
I mean, I guess you always want to sell more tickets, but I don't want to be any more known walking down the street than I am. Uh, I'm cool with every once in a while someone being like, hey, you're that guy who does that thing. I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. You know. <laughs> so it's people that recognize you are kind of like, they're basically fans. They know your stuff. Yeah, and most of them give me shit when they meet me, so it's cool, you know? The uh, worst is when you get just, when you're sitting there like, it's the weirdest thing. You'd think getting complimented is a nice thing. It is. But if it just keeps going and there's no way to get out of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just in this, this circle of compliments. There's no way to gracefully get out of the conversation without looking like an asshole. <laughs> and you just got to listen. I appreciate that you appreciate what I do, but I, I got to I got to get home to my my kid, you know, and I had a guy the other night could be like, oh, what? That's it? I don't want to be like, I just did a fucking hour. I did an hour and a half show. That's not enough. I got to fucking sit here and I don't know what, I don't know what else I can do. I, I talked to you. I took a picture. I signed your thing. And he still said, that's it. <laughs> what know? does he want? He wants so, you to do 10 minutes of stand up and tell him a joke or something. I think he wanted me to help him move or something. That was like the only thing I hadn't done. <laughs> uh, I was listening to you doing, you doing Jim Norton show, actually. Uh, Jim and Sam showed her recently and, uh, I know you were one of the reasons that Jim came over to Dublin or came over to Dublin and did some gigs in the UK as well uh, that you encouraged them uh, to come over here has, has Jim spoken to you about the experience about, about playing Vicar Street I know yeah you, I he was... loved it he loved it and now he's becoming this world traveller he was asking me about Iceland and the Mediterranean I'm so happy for him that he's doing that because you know, we're very similar where it's like he grew up in Jersey. I grew up in Massachusetts. And both of those cities, is this, there's a magnetism to them where it's hard to break out of them because it's so like, you're just so a part of that soil there. And, um, and so many people just stayed in both those states their whole lives. So the, the gravitational pull of that will prevent you from doing things like going to Iceland or coming to Ireland and yeah. stuff, which is, is, it's a tragedy. I mean, if you got the time and the money to do it, and not only that, you can go over there and do your dream job. Telling jokes is like, I mean, I mean it, it, to say it out loud, it's like ridiculous that anyone would ever consider, you know, not doing that. Like, why, why wouldn't you? Uh, and the the last time you played Ireland, you played the Vodafone Comedy Festival. I know you did two shows that day. I was at the second show. Uh, and, you know, you got a standing ovation at the end. The crowd went absolutely nuts. So obviously you have a connection with the audience here. That goes without saying. But do you notice different connections in different places that you go to, the different audiences and the different vibes? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I have noticed um, that the, uh, I have noticed that the, um, like the, Nor not like Norway, Sweden and uh, they have a different vibe. And then when you go to Finland, what is that? The Baltic Sea. You just go over that body of water, yeah. and it just becomes like this really like uh, just way more reserved. Like they, you know, I like I'm like telling jokes, and they're trying to pick out like the solution. <laughs> you you bit, know what I mean? Like yeah, like they're a bit more like, Russian. Well, they I think. Stuff, well, people would say stuff like, "Well, why didn't you just blah 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 blah?" And I was sitting there going, "Like, is is this what you guys are doing?" Are you guys trying to like solve the, uh, you know, you know, you don't need to try to find a solution yeah. to this like problem out here. You know? It's not a problem. It's just a joke. Uh, I think another special uh, recently from another comedian I know you're a fan of that I dug a lot was Dave Chappelle's. And he said something really interesting I thought in that special. He said that young comedians had a responsibility to speak recklessly. It was a brilliant special. Is, is that something that you would agree with given the current climate and all that bullshit? 
that comedians did, should did still push boundaries. That? Yeah, I'm so ha- that's exactly how I feel. Like right now, you should be more irreverent than ever, than ever, because what what is going on right now is just it's you know it's like most things. It's 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 starting with a like the what what they're trying to achieve is the right thing. It's just the way they're going about it is not, and they're going to destroy a lot of like innocent people. It seems like people, I know you talked about that in your podcast yesterday, it seems like people are getting outraged over the wrong things and there's more important things they could be getting outraged about instead of Michelle Wolf or like comedians making jokes. Yeah, no, it's it's the stupidest thing ever. It's like, you know, I would think that climate control and lunatics running countries and bankers constantly bankrupting countries and stuff like that is 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 more important than a comedian telling jokes which is what we're supposed to do f is for family you mentioned you're in editing on f is for family do you have an idea of when the series is going to drop on netflix yeah they're talking late uh, later on this year i mean for some reason you're not supposed to say when but i'll tell they said around end of november brilliant you know i don't know why i can't say anything like it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, it's so, why it's that's so important <laughs> Are you still enjoying the writer's room? Are you still you still having fun writing the show and making the show? Oh, I love it. If you want to, you know, if you wanted to hear people get offended, they should listen to some of the shit we say in there when we're tired. <laughs> and, fi- bef- and finally, before I let you go, uh, Netflix, Netflix actually, it wasn't Netflix, I think it was an independent company that tracks Netflix. Netflix obviously don't release their data. But they, this company uh, from last year, I think it was released, said that F is for Family is one of the most popular shows. Have you been given any information from Netflix or any indication of just how popular the show is? No, they don't give out that information. That's it. It's so just I, like, I, have, I, have, I have no idea. And that's, that's the world I live in. So I you create t- in, a, in a bubble. <laughs> so you're, you're turning 50, Bill, soon after the, the gig in Dublin on June 5th. Is there any plans to uh, have a bit of a blowout in Dublin or have a bit of a blowout in Europe? Oh, yeah, no, I'm turning 50 on June 10th. So I'm doing Royal Albert Hall after Dublin and then I am on vacation and I am off the wagon, brother. <laughs> off the wagon. Well, Bill, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. I can't wait to see the show. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to come over there. Thank you so much for uh, helping me promote my show. No problem at all. Take care. Okay, we'll see Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. So that was it. That was my chat with Bill Burr. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have plenty more lined up myself, Brian and D. Uh, plenty more like really cool guests lined up because opening it up doing it you know when it's with a phone call and we can talk to somebody in LA or, or New York or wherever it is it just it opens it up uh, so much in terms of the people that we can talk to and the bigger the stars we can talk to so we've got some awesome ones lined up for you so please do like and subscribe 